Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Evan and Aaron's Sportsbook Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Evan and Aaron. And a pleasant good evening to everybody tonight. It is Friday uh, September 2nd, 2022. We are into the final uh, quarter of the year of 2022. Uh, Hard to believe that, which uh, the good news there is that we are now in uh, football season. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about that here tonight. So um, welcome, everybody, to the program. I said the last quarter of the season. I didn't do my math very well there. It's the last third of the year, 2022. So I wanted to make sure I corrected myself before we went too much further. Uh, tonight, we're going to have a lot to discuss because college football season is now officially underway. NFL is a week or so away from starting, and we uh, we are just absolutely thrilled about that. And also wanted to thank our great sponsor here tonight, Chef G's Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Tonight, uh, the support group will be myself, and it will be my great colleague, Alan. Good evening, Alan. How are you tonight? Hey, Alan, did I lose you? (laughs) I think we may have lost Alan. I'm not sure where our audio is, but uh, we will have him join us here momentarily. Uh, We are working a little bit differently here this evening as Central Florida weather has uh, unfortunately played a little bit of an impact in some of our normal uh, show planning here tonight with some um, outages and things of that nature. So uh, be patient with us. Uh, we definitely uh, appreciate that. Uh, Alan, are you able to hear me? All right, looks like we are having those audio problems once again here tonight. We'll get it fixed and corrected and uh, continue to uh, work on the show here tonight. Uh, we're going to probably have Lou on. Unfortunately, I cannot see the dashboard that shows our studio. Um, so if Lou is listening right now, he can hear me. Uh, or if Alan somehow able to, um, to be heard, uh, definitely stand by just for a few moments. We should have everything back up and running here momentarily. Again, this is uh, live radio, folks. Unfortunately, sometimes these things do happen. And uh, again, as I mentioned, Central Florida tonight, uh, under some crazy conditions weather-wise, uh, drove through some pretty uh, hectic weather coming from a high school football game here earlier this evening. Um, so I uh, want to talk a little bit about uh, a few things here tonight. Uh, again, I want to go back and uh, say this again, if it wasn't already uh, heard by everybody. We have a great sponsor in Chef G. His barbecue sauce is amazing. Uh, you can go right onto the website and order a, a four-pack. Uh, Alan and I both uh, have really enjoyed this stuff for the last uh, six months or so. Um, really good stuff. It's not just for like barbecue chicken. You can have it on pretty much anything. Um, I personally like to dip French fries in it. It's a, it's a great thing. Um, and uh, Chef G has been uh, really, really great to our program. Um, came on as our very first uh, sponsor uh, here back I believe, in February or March. So we're delighted to still have his partnership. And, of course, um, you know, check out his, uh, his Facebook page. is great. There's all kinds of great stuff uh, always uh, posted on there. 
And um, definitely give his uh, barbecue sauce a chance. It's great stuff, like I mentioned before. We really enjoy it. And it has uh, really um, become a really popular thing at the dinner table for me and my family. I know for Alan and his family as well. Um, looking through some of the sports news here tonight as we're trying to get our audio back here with both Alan and I on the same side of things here this evening. Um, obviously, we are right in the stretch run of the Major League Baseball uh, pennant races as they have heated up uh, even further. We're in September now, so you got a month left in the season. The divisional races are really starting to really become uh, more uh, evident. You've seen uh, what's happened in the National League East. The Braves are catching up with the Mets. They're three games back right now. And then um, are the Yankees going to be able to hold on to that AL East? They've uh, run into some hard times here uh, as, of, uh, as of late. Um, will they be able to hold off the Rays? The Rays look pretty good right now. It's a good division uh, over there in the AL East. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, obviously we'll see what happens there. Got some good stuff going on in the rest of uh, the baseball world, too. Um, good race there on the AL uh, Central. You've got the Twins um, trying to hold off uh, the rest of that division. Um, you know, obviously uh, you'll get uh, you know, Cleveland. They've not really had uh, the best of seasons that they had hoped for to be in the pennant race. And then the White Sox with the crazy stuff they've had going on. There we go. There's Alan. All right. All right. All right. Sorry to interrupt you there. There we go. All yeah. right. Live, live radio, folks. How about that? Yeah, sorry about <laughs> that, folks. It's just um, we there's a lot of rain hit that happened here in Tampa, and then it kind of messed up the Internet. Sorry about that. But I am here. I'm glad to be part of the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Apologize about the technical difficulties, but we're going to make it up to you. We're going to have a great show for you tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, Chef G is getting a lot of love here tonight. We'll go ahead and mention his uh, his great sponsorship again. Uh, third time already in the first six minutes of the show, so he's really, uh, he's really getting here tonight. So, uh, as I mentioned before, we really love his product. Uh, it's a great thing. Um, you know, he's a local guy here to Central Florida and has really been a good friend of the show here for the last uh, you know six or eight months. So, um, a lot of stuff to get to here tonight, Alan. Um, mostly in the football world, um, college. Yep. Has started well. Let's actually, let's start with high school. High school football started here a week ago. I was actually um, supposed to be at a game tonight uh, here in Central Florida, and Mother Nature had other plans as uh, as the weather just got absolutely crazy um, earlier this evening, and because of uh, heavy torrential rain and also uh, lightning, like you'd never believe, um, unfortunately they had to cancel the um, the game here that I was supposed to be at this evening. Uh, but it starts with high school football. It really starts at Pee Wee, but we'll go with our Pop Warner. High school football, um, college obviously is uh, now in full swing, and then you get to the Sunday games uh, in the NFL. And I'm excited about it all because it's it's fun to watch development. It's fun to watch teams um, compete, and good to see football back. Uh, how do you feel about that? Oh yeah, it's awesome to see football back. It's it's one of those sports that when football is not in place. It's the number one sport. It, it it feels like a part of your life is missing. And like you mentioned, high school, college, and 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 the pros. It's it's great. I can't believe it's Thursday will be the first game of the season. It's gonna be a big game. And the thing about the season, the NFL season, is that you know when it gets kicked off, you really can't buy. You can't overlook one game because even when a team is starting up, it just it's a situation where hey, you might see a great game. So 
even though it's the first game of the season, these guys are professionals, they're pros, and they're ready to go. I'm, I'm just very happy that football is back. Yeah, no, and it's going to be a great year. I think we uh, last week, of course, we went through who we are, uh, are picking to win each, uh, each division, um, you know, playoff picks, things of that nature, uh, which, you know, obviously we're taking, uh, you know, educated guesses on. Usually there's a surprise or two in each conference that kind of comes out uh, and, you know, is not what we thought was going to happen. Last year it was Arizona. Um, you know, there's some good teams, of course, uh, that could do the same thing this year. I want to ask you about something that I, I brought to you, uh, brought to your attention. I think it was yesterday in a text message. I, I haven't seen any updates on this, primarily because I can't see a whole lot on the internet right now. But um, Lamar Jackson and his contract situation with the Ravens pretty much appears to be at a standstill. It doesn't look like anything's going to really happen there uh, at this point. And the rumor that I heard, and I, I brought this to your attention, like I mentioned before is that if he somehow hits free agency this next offseason, the number one place that he might potentially end up is Miami. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think Lamar would be actually a very good fit if it were to, to go to that point of him going to Miami. I don't believe so. I, I, think they, I do think the Ravens are going to come out with a deal. I know Lamar really wanted one before the season started, but – I do think Lamar is not going anywhere because they really have a team that's built up for Lamar. But worst case scenario, if he does go, I think he'll be a very good fit in Miami. I just think the style of offense that they have with his abilities, running and throwing, I think he'll be a very good fit for Miami. But I think, I think um, for what I research, I do think the Ravens are going to come up with a deal for Lamar. The only holdup is really the guaranteed money. He wants more guaranteed money than what they're offering. And I think the number is going to be around 250. I think they're etching over 200, but they're not at 250 yet. So I think a deal gets done with the Ravens. I just think it's going to take a bit longer for Lamar to get it. Yeah, very interesting that that's the number because, and I don't know what the guaranteed money was for Russell Wilson, but he just signed a five-year uh, five, uh, five-year, $245 million extension with Denver. Now, by comparison, Russell Wilson has been in the league uh, since, what, 2012, 2013? So he's yeah. more experienced quarterback. He's won a Super Bowl, of course, with the, the Seahawks. Um, he's also older, and I'd point that out and probably underscore that more than anything else. Lamar Jackson, and I've always thought Lamar Jackson athletically is one of the best players in the NFL. I think he's a right-handed version of Michael Vick. And I just can't imagine why Baltimore would find any reason to not give him the, the, the guaranteed money that he's looking for. I mean, this is a franchise type of player. And you think about the potential. Let's say he does jump ship and go to Miami next year. I think that puts Miami right at the top of the AFC. I mean, you still have Baltimore and uh, rather um, – Buffalo and uh, Kansas City, um, right, in the, right in the thick of things. But I, I, with Miami, all that talent they have down there, uh, especially bringing in uh, Tyreek Hill and establishing a, possibly even a, a better running game this coming season, they, they would be really at the top of the list of teams in the AFC. I agree. I definitely think Lamar going to Miami would be a huge improvement for Miami, and I really do think their team would be better not only that, when you got, have a guy like Lamar Jackson that comes in, a former MVP, 
people respect his game and they'll step up and play better. So he'll have that intangible. I, I just think that the Ravens, I think, are playing a little cheap. You know, they, they don't want to pay the man. They want to pay him, but I think they're slow to pay him. And what Lamar is actually asking for, based on what the other contracts have been, I don't think he's actually out of the realm of what other guys are getting in the league now. That's about the going rate for a guy as good as as Lamar Jackson is. I think I think that is definitely something that he. I don't think I don't think Lamar is actually out of the question of what he's asking for. I really think the Ravens should really seriously consider, you know, what they're doing and just pay the man. I mean, you got him for cheap, for dirt cheap for, for this long. You got it. You ran to the end of the road. Now you got to pay the man his, his money. And what he's asking for is actually, I don't think too much. No, I mean, he's right in the middle of what I would say is uh, going right. Like you mentioned before, and here's the thing, here's what's going to change. They don't do this now. They don't do this at the beginning of the season or before it starts. You're talking, you know, 275 right now, probably over what, eight years, six years, seven years, whatever. If, if he has an MVP caliber season again this year and we get to the end of 2022 and we're into 2023, we're post the Super Bowl, it, I mean, his asking price is just going to go up from there. Um, you know, it'll be inflation to the Baltimore Ravens at this point. So I think that they're, they're, they're playing with fire, in my opinion. I think they really need to get this done because – it's not going to get any, any less difficult in the off season. And the other question I would have to their front office is why did you wait so long to have any negotiations? They should have at least been trying to piece something together or have something ready to go probably back in April or May. And here we are in September and you waited all this time. And I, I just, I, there's a lot of criticism I could throw at the front office of the Ravens for, for waiting so long. This is a, I mean, this is a top five quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion, because of his skill set, he can throw the ball, certainly. He can move around in the pocket. I don't think he's as fast as Michael Vick was, so I don't want people out there to say, good grief, Aaron, you don't know what you're talking about. But I, I think his, his skill set is being able to throw the ball and run and avoid tacklers and things of that nature and also open field uh, plays. I think he's as good as we've seen in a long time in the NFL. He's really the quarterback, in my opinion, that, that Deshaun Watson wants to be. And, look, Deshaun Watson just got paid a heck of a lot of money to not play for the Browns for the first 11 games of the season, plus he's paying a fine. Lamar Jackson, I think, is a little bit better than, uh, than he is. So um, it's a little surprising that they've waited as long as they have. It is, and, and by them waiting as long as they have, it's actually costing them more money. Had they kind of signed him, you know, a couple months earlier, before a lot of these guys got their contracts, they would have actually kind of got off on the cheap. Now that they're waiting so long, the going rate is actually going up because of these other contracts with Russell Wilson, you see the contract with Kyler Murray, because of this delay, it's costing them more money. So I just think, hey, if it's around two two fifty that he wants guaranteed, I think you'd have to just pay the man the money. He's asking for the going rate, and he's your franchise. So he's really the, the main reason why you watch the Ravens, you know, Lamar Jackson. And if, if, if he's not long, no longer there, I do want to say definitely uh, my best wishes to Poe, the mascot of the <laughs> I, I did see the, the, the press conference where he's out for the season, 
and they're going to try to recruit another replacement. But because of that injury on the field, the mascot Poe is no longer going to be the mascot for this year. They're going to have to get another mascot. So best wishes to Ravens and Poe. But before you worry about Poe, make sure you take care of Lamar first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good point there. And I'll be honest with you, that other story you were just talking about there with the mascot, I thought that was a publicity stunt until you brought that up there. So I hadn't really uh, dug too deep into the details on it. So <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe that was the distraction that the Ravens need to get the uh, the final details of that deal hammered out. Uh, maybe we'll see yeah. what happened this week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, that, no, he's out for the season. And because of that injury on the field, yeah, that's that's not a publicity stunt. They're going to have to basically do some recruitment for another replacement. That is crazy stuff right there for sure. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, a, a week from last night, the NFL season kicks off. So this coming Thursday, which is what's that, the eighth uh, of September. First, uh, first game of the NFL season. It's uh, the last several years been a Thursday night game that gets it all kicked off. And this uh, this year it'll be the um, defending AFC uh, East champs, the uh, Buffalo Bills, and they're taking on the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. That game, I believe, is in L.A. Um, the Rams are going to get their rings. Um, obviously, there's a lot of fanfare around that sort of thing. These are two teams that could possibly meet in the Super Bowl this year. I mean, this is a great uh, great first game of the year a very big matchup um obviously um you know a high-powered offense i would say for the most part in baltimore it should be or baltimore buffalo it should be anyways this year and then you get the rams i mean obviously they've got uh, a very well-balanced team um you know what are your thoughts on this is uh, the first game of the season it's a great matchup it's a it's almost like wow they're getting out of the gates early with a big big game because Neither team wants to start up the season going 0-1. It is a big game for both teams. I think it's going to be a very competitive game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of kind of like ring, you know, rust to guys. I think they're going to be pretty sharp and ready to go. I just think that the Rams are, are kind of clicking cylinders right now. I do love what the Bills are doing. They they have a very good team. But I just think the Rams have a better all-around team. I, I think – the Bills rely, in my opinion, a little too much on the pass. And the Rams, they can beat you defensively and offensively. So I just th- I just think that the Rams are, are going to win a very close game. But I, I do think the Rams will win this game. Yeah, I, I think that um, – and, again, this, this game, just to confirm, is it in L.A. or is it in Buffalo? Let me double-check. I'm, I'm, I'm going to double-check for you. Because I think home field advantage would be the, the deciding factor. Because, again, these are two teams, if you're looking pretty much right down the list, they're pretty evenly matched. I mean, this isn't, you know, uh, Houston Texans playing against um, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs. Not that the Texans are a terrible team, but there's clearly a lot more talent in uh, in Kansas City than there is in Houston at this point. Um, you're right. It is, it is in Rams. Okay. So, wow, in yeah. LA. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think the home field advantage is going to play a, a role on that. So, I'll, I'll agree. I'll say the Rams do win this game, too. That'll be my official pick. Um, if this game had been played in Buffalo, I would have picked Buffalo to win it uh, just because I think that, that you know, different 
different weather types. Uh, I mean, I know at this time of the year it's not going to be cold or anything like that, or it shouldn't be. Um, but I, I think that home field does play a role. I mean, when you're backed up against the um, your own end zone, um, regardless of what stadium you're playing in, if you're on the road, you're going to hear a lot of noise in that home end zone or that uh, end zone that you're going the other way from. So um, that'll be a good game. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching uh, watching some of yeah. that here on Thursday night. Yes, I'm looking forward to it, too. It should be a great matchup, great game, great way to start the season. And we're going to give you guys – I did say we're going to give you all the picks. I kind of jumped the gun. We're going to give you all the picks, the first week picks, next Friday so that you guys have a chance to compare your notes to what we have. But we wanted to give you at least a Thursday night pick before our next show. And, again, we're giving you our predictions. We claim no bets. So if you bet on us, you might be losing some money. And <laughs> I just want to give you that on the flip side, though, if you win a lot of money because of what we said, we certainly wouldn't mind if you, you know, sent us a little bit of it. So, yeah, definitely at least share and let us let everybody know that where you got the advice from. But from the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. But yeah, this is for fun, the picks, and I'm excited football's back because not only that, we have the final the fantasy football that's also exciting too. So we got that coming on as well as. The football season, man. I can't yeah, and like... I was going to say on, on our fantasy football thing, uh, you know, here's the funny thing. I, I apparently, and I didn't know this till about 10 minutes before our draft this past Sunday night, that you are also in the same league. Um, funny enough, I'm not going to mention the name of the, the, uh, the entity uh, just because it's not appropriate to do that, but we all used to be former colleagues at some point along the way. Um, pretty yeah. much everybody that's in our – or I think it's a 10-team league. So um, I had the uh, – I guess it was basically a name out of a hat or a random pick, but I actually had the number one overall pick, and I was very, very happy to have that and very pleased to, to draft Jonathan Taylor uh, of the uh, Indianapolis Colts as a number one overall player picked. So looking forward to winning this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got a great pick there. That, that's – Jonathan Taylor is a, a definitely props to him. We would love to have Jonathan Taylor on our show. You know, I definitely think he's going to have a huge year. My first pick since you mentioned yours was Derrick Henry because Jonathan Taylor was going to be my first pick, but he was taken obviously by Aaron. But I was very happy with getting Derrick Derrick Henry. You know, I'm definitely with the draft. I looked at it like more than anything players that I probably didn't want to have on my team is pretty much where I just eliminated more than chose. But Derrick Henry is my number one pick. So good luck to Derrick Henry. Do your thing. Yeah. I mean, he's on a great team too. I mean, you think about where the Titans were a year ago, um, actually the last two years. And I think, I mean, these are both the guy you got and uh, Taylor who I picked up um, again, health is obviously a big part of it. As long as they stay healthy, I think there's yeah. two guys that could be, maybe even approaching 2,000 this year. Uh, it'll be especially interesting, in, I think, uh, in Indianapolis because now you have a quarterback uh, who's been in the league for 15 years. He's been successful. He's taken a team to a Super Bowl, and I think they're going to rely a little bit more on the running game this year in, uh, in Indianapolis than they have uh, maybe the last few years. So I, I think that'll help, uh, that'll help my case out at least a little bit. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor is, is definitely – 
And props to Jonathan Taylor because I had won about, was it two years ago? Two years ago, I did win in my league, the fantasy football team. And what made me win was that I had gotten Jonathan Taylor, you know, towards the end of the year. No one really knew who he was. I was watching him, and he had a great game. I got him. He was one of the big parts of the reason why I won is because he came on late towards the end of the year and was just running up a storm. I got him, and he was the one who helped me win. So Jonathan Taylor is definitely the, you know, with all due respect to all the running backs in the league, Jonathan Taylor is poised to have another huge year with a, another quarterback. They're going to be running a lot more, throwing a little bit more in the flap. I think it's lined up really well. Health, like you mentioned, to your point, is going to be a big thing. But barring health, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be an outright beast this year. Well, I'm hoping that you're right about that because I certainly uh, am glad that I was able to pick him up. So, now, we talked about a lot of football here right off the bat. We're going to continue to do that here tonight. Um, a lot of quarterback news. Obviously, we, we talked a little bit about uh, um, Lamar Jackson there before. Russell Wilson got the big deal this week. Uh, obviously, there's some Aaron Rodgers stuff that's going around. Uh, yeah. MVP again, of course, this past year. And apparently, that letter P in MVP may have a different meaning according to a, a certain <laughs> former Packer. I want you to go into that story here tonight. Yes, Johnny Sharp basically uh, called, you know, he called Aaron Rodgers the P word, but um, ends with a K. I won't say the word, but he called him, uh, you know, he called him a P and ends with a K. You can look it up. But basically, his thought of reason why he called Aaron that is because, you know, Aaron, he was on a show like ours, a podcast show with Joe Rogan, and he brought up again the fact that, he basically dodged getting vaccinated because he, you know, he pretty much misled people and then he got in trouble with the league, but short, he never got vaccinated or it, it humanized whatever he used, the word he used. But, you know, it was a way to kind of like say that the rules don't apply to Aaron because he's Aaron Rodgers. And as much as I, I, I agree with, the fact that Aaron is, is one of the best regular season players. He is definitely sensational to watch during the, the regular season. During the postseason lately, he hasn't been stepping up. But there are some things about Aaron, you know, that, that do rub people the wrong ways, particularly in the leadership category. He threw his young receivers underneath the bus. This thing with the vaccination status, misleading people, they kind of smirking and smiling about it. But then calling a double standard when he gets criticized for, for lying. So there is a lot of things that Aaron does do to rub people the wrong way. I pretty much, from what I see, I don't know if I would go that far to call someone that name, that word, but I would say I could see why people dislike him. He, I, he does seem like a guy that looks for drama, loves attention, but he loves attention when it's on his terms. And sometimes he loves attention even when it's not on his terms but a way that he could show and tell people how smart he is. So I, 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 just, I somewhat agree to what they said about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I can, I can see he is definitely kind of a uh, 
I wouldn't go as far as saying he's completely self-centered where it distracts the team. You're absolutely right, though, that he hasn't stepped up in the playoffs the way he could have or should have the last few years. I mean, look, Green Bay has been three years in a row a, a play here or a, a big win here away from being in the Super Bowl, and they've just come up a little bit short. Um, and, you know, blame it on whatever you want to blame it on. I don't think I'd necessarily put it right on his shoulders necessarily. But I do agree. You know, you look at the guy who he – he succeeded uh, in, in Brett Favre. There's a lot of similarities in their personalities uh, as far as how they've gone about things. Um, I think he definitely does like the, you know, whether it's the drama part of it or just the attention. Um, there is that part of him that, you know, does stick out like a sore thumb. So hopefully um, you, know, you can get past the drama part and the rest of this year is all about football. I think maybe that'll be how it is just because that seems to be kind of the thing that happens. The off season, you, you you blend in the storylines. Now that football is about to get real and official here, it's typically sticks with football. And now that it seems that they've figured out he's going to be their quarterback for at least the next two or three years and not Jordan Love, I think he's going to put that focus there. And, you know, all this, all this stuff, all this noise, all the silliness, all these extra stories uh, outside of the actual stuff that goes on in the field will all disappear and be long forgotten about if they win a Super Bowl in the next two years or three years. No, nobody will talk okay. about this anymore. It'll, it'll be one of those things where somebody will bring it up, and people, even like me, who's a fan of the team and a fan of the player, will be like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. Um, but for the most part, it, it, it won't be talked about much longer if that happens. Yeah, I mean, winning cures all. If you win, you know, people will jump on a bandwagon. They'll forget some of your flaws. It, that's the way it goes. But, yeah, so I, I do think – one thing I do want to say about the Packers, they do have it lined up for them to have a very, very good opportunity to do really well this year. I know they don't have Devontae Adams, but, you know, everything is in front of them. They have I, – I don't see – they have a lot of their players came back. You have Aaron Rodgers. He's healthy. I think everything is lined up in front of you. They don't play in the strongest division. <laughs> I think they have a very good opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that uh, as far as com- uh, competition, uh, it's probably the division that has the least amount of competition for the top spot. It's really about who number two is going to be at this point. And uh, as we discussed last week, I think interchangeably it could be either the Bears or the Vikings. I think Minnesota is in a little bit better position as far as being um, the second best team in uh, in that uh, in that division. Yeah, I would agree. I definitely would agree. Well, good stuff so far, uh, NFL-wise. Obviously, uh, as we discussed there before, uh, we are definitely, definitely really excited about where um, where things are. Uh, we're a little over a week away from the first NFL game, uh, NFL uh, weekend, rather. Um, you know, really excited there. And I I'm smiling from ear to ear right now. Um, obviously, you know, the last game that we watched that had any meaning to it was uh, the Super Bowl back in February. So we're six plus months out of that. And now uh, things are getting ready to start. So um, brought this up a little bit ago. Obviously, college football is now in full swing. Uh, as, uh, as the season officially started last week, there were some games on TV last night. There's a few on here this evening. And then a whole slate of games tomorrow. So hopefully you have a comfortable couch, a nice cold drink, 
some chips and some cheese and all those good things because if you're like me tomorrow I'm going to be on the couch for probably between 10 and 12 hours just watching college uh-huh. football it's always fun to do that and today some big big news came out from the college football world this has been rumored for a while it had been shot down uh quite frankly here in the last uh, 6 months or so but today it was agreed to that the college football playoff will expand most likely in 2026, but possibly as early as 2024. It's only two years from now. It's been a four-team playoff for, I want to say, the last six years, maybe seven years. They are going to expand to a 12-team playoff, which I think is great. I think it's going to generate a lot of revenue, a lot more interest. It's going to help out with scouting for potential you know, picks in the NFL. And it's just going to make things more fun. It's going to give more teams an opportunity. Uh, I still expect the same teams to get there every year to be there as well, but then you have these extra eight teams that are going to be in there now too, and uh, this gives us a little bit more of a, a, a even playing field. It's kind of an NFL-style playoff system in a lot of ways. I want to get your take on your thoughts on how, how this expansion is good um, and if there are, are also any drawbacks to maybe a negative side of it. No, I love this move. I really do. I've been saying it for the longest time that they should – have a playoff system and expand it. And I think that this is fantastic. This is big, big news for college because it allows more exposure for more teams. It also gives more of an opportunity for a team or that you may not have heard of to come in there and make some noise. You know, it gives that underdog a chance. I do agree with you. I do think some of the teams that have, or at the top will probably still be at the top, but it's nice that when you have a chance to expand and give more teams to come in and compete for it, you know, it, it also, to me, there's more of a level of a, a fairness to it by having the playoffs. And I just think it's a great move because the guys that are still at top will still be there, but then you have a chance where you can have, as we've seen in other sports, a team that you don't think should be winning gets hot at the right time and they come in and they, they upset people. So there's more of an opportunity for an upset, which is what I love. You never know. And I, I just love it all the way around. The only downside I would say is people who love the top might not like it because you letting you may have to play a little bit more, but I, I don't think that's really a bad thing. I think, uh, you know, if you're at the top, you're probably still going to be at the top, and you're not going to be affected as much, but you just never know. You have to compete, and I think it's a great thing all the way around. Yeah, and I agree with you 100% there, and here's the big thing about it. I mean, it's a win in every area, in my opinion. Um, probably the biggest one would be uh, the fan side of things. Eight extra teams now have a chance to get into the playoff and make a run. Now, if you're team number 10 or team number 11 or team number 12, yeah, your chances are probably not as good as those top three or four teams. So I agree with that. That would be the same opinion I'd have uh, in an NFL playoff or an MLB playoff or an NBA playoff or what have you. Um, but you think about now, I mean, NCAA, especially football, is, is a huge revenue generator. And so now you've got you know, all these extra games that are going to be played. That's more re- money they can generate revenue-wise. That's a positive thing. Nobody's going to Nobody's going to say that's a bad thing or a negative thing. Um, so that's really good. 
I'll also look at it this way. So if you were one of those teams that just missed making it into the playoff in years past, or you were just a team that wasn't in general in the playoff, a lot of times what happens, and this is where the sport gets kind of watered down, you get the bowl week in late December, early January, and teams that are not in the thick of winning a national title, sometimes you have players, especially guys that are getting ready to go to the NFL, you know, going through the draft and the combine and all that, that say, hey, I'm going to sit out the bowl game. I'm not, you, know, you have four or five guys on a team that don't play in the bowl game because they don't want to take a risk of getting injured. And obviously that risk is still there now that they're going to be there. But you think about this way, now you've got teams that are going to be in it and they're going to, those players aren't going to be, I don't want to say selfish, but they're not going to be looking to not play because now they're going to be looking at, okay, hey, my team is still in the thick of things. I can't give up on my team. So I think that's a positive right there is it keeps uh, competitiveness on, um, on the field in those games. So um, I think that's another thing that's going to be a step in the right direction. Um, but also, you know, you're going to get some, some things that haven't happened in the past. You get some of these uh, teams that are kind of an at-large bid, and I'll look at Utah. Utah is uh, ranked number seven to start the season. Utah has been on the football map since really 2003, 2004, when Urban Meyer was there. They were an at-large bid, if you will, to be a BCS team. And now, I mean, if you're number seven at the end of the season, you have a chance to be in that playoff. So I, I just can't see any real bad negative uh, things to this. And maybe the biggest thing for the players, the players themselves, I kind of hinted at this before, they're now going to get that extra exposure in those extra games. And also those extra games are going to be played in extra places. So, you know, each year you have, whether it's Indianapolis or Tampa Bay or Atlanta or Dallas, where the national title game is actually played. Now you're going to have three or four extra venues a year. They're going to get a, a chance to host a, a playoff game. And that, that's got to generate all kinds of money for those local, um, you know, businesses, whether it's uh, the hotel side of things or the, the restaurants, all the hospitality businesses is going to make a ton of money off this. This is good for everybody all around. Um, I can't see anything again that really negatively, um, is being impacted by this. I think this is just great for the sport. Hey, Alan, are you still with me? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you <laughs> a lot, a lot of what you said, because, you know, a lot of times student athletes, that was one negative that I did hear is that, hey, the student athletes are going to have to play a little bit more. Yeah, they do, but you know what? it's a good thing because you're going to get more exposure. You're going to have a chance to play another place you normally wouldn't play. You're going to have a chance to not only that, you also will probably get a chance to see more players because of this. So you're as a player will get more exposure. And I agree with you with your original point that sometimes not a good thing when you have a bowl game and you have some of the top guys sitting out. I think this moves the needle where they, they are going to play a little bit more. You understand? Because, hey, you want to help your team out. And, yeah, I know that you don't want to get hurt, but at the same token, you want to help your team. And your team is in a championship game that you may never, ever come back and do that again. You might as well just go out there and win. Yeah, the other argument that has been made uh, for several years on not expanding has been, okay, the, the, the pro argument has been, 
well, if you were the fifth team or the sixth team, you were very close. You were right in that cusp of being able to be in the playoff, and it's a little bit unfair to that team uh, because a lot of the decision-making on getting in was the vote for who was going to be the third and fourth team. So now the, the, the ironic thing or the thing I'm hearing uh, some pundits out there saying is, well, is the next argue, argument going to be, um, well, you know, you were the 13th or 14th team. In my opinion, further down the list like that, you should have been a better team in the first place. You should have aimed for, I'm going to try to be number 12. You should have aimed for, I'm going to be number five, or I'm going to be number four. So I think that argument has no no bearing. It has no weight to it. There's, it doesn't carry any water at this point. Um, again, you want to try to be a much, much better team than, than number 12 as it is anyways. So um, I think, again, this is going to help out a lot. Um, you know, the big thing about college sports now is you have the name, image, and likeness uh, deal that started here a year or so ago. And I think this will help out in a lot of ways because a lot of that is going to be, and I'm not sure how it all is generated and how all the, those, those funds come about to pay those players, but I think the more exposure you have, especially when these guys get to the point where they're being you know, prospects for the NFL, the more games you have a chance to see them. And especially when those are games that are ones that matter a lot more, I just think it's going to really be a cool thing to watch. And, you know, to go beyond 12 teams in a playoff, I think probably would be watering it down to some degree because you think of a grueling, what is it, a 12-game schedule they play throughout the year, plus there's also, you know, uh, conference title games. College athletes, uh, especially football players, they don't have the same uh, wherewithal as an NFL guy who's, you know, being able to do it for a little bit longer. So I do think at some point you have to say, okay, we can't have any more than these number of games. Um, you're looking at a potential, really, for a college team, uh, regular season, conference championship, and postseason of playing 16 or 17 games. That's really no different than an NFL schedule in a lot of ways. So, Yeah, exactly. I mean, hey, you get a chance to get some exposure, and there's no – there's nothing wrong with that. I think as a player, you want that. You want people to watch you while you're in the college ranks. There's this way to get a chance to assess and see, hey, I'll watch this guy when he goes to the pros when that day happens. They get to know you. It's always a great thing. Yeah, 100%. And, I, you know, I'll tell you this too, man. I, I, you know, I have a particular college team that I watch, and obviously I watch the um, divisional component, uh, opponents they have throughout the, uh, throughout the course of the year. It's always neat when you're watching an NFL game on Sunday and you see a player and you're like, oh, you know, what? I watched this guy play college ball the last couple of years. And now he's playing in the NFL and you're seeing him play at a high level. It's always exciting to see that. Oh, absolutely. It's always great when you see somebody who, you know, before they actually became a household name, to see them play, to see how they interacted. And there's an innocence to that, you know, where they're just trying to make it. They're trying to get, you know, get their name out there. And, and actually, that's probably the best time you want to meet a player or get a picture with them is before they become a household name because it gets it gets so much more difficult. Not only is it more difficult because you have more people going after them, but it's also more difficult because their head gets big, you know. That's the thing. So this is an opportunity for you to see somebody, see them while they're young, and go out there and, and support them. 
Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, obviously uh, this is going to be an interesting year because the, the two things that have changed at the college level, college football level, have been um, the transfer portal, which has been uh, in place for the last couple seasons. The interesting thing about the tra- uh, transfer portal, the old rules of college football were thrown out the, out, out the window with that. So it used to be if a player was with a particular school, didn't matter where they were at, and they wanted to transfer somewhere else, they essentially had to take a year off of their eligibility to play, and they had to miss a full year. So the example of that would be a player who played or, or maybe he didn't play in 2021. He transfers to another school. He can't play a single game in 2022. He can't play again until 2023. Um, now, and we saw this, uh, I think it was last year, um, I can't remember who the player was. There's a guy who played for Ohio State in 2020 and uh, actually transferred to Alabama and was uh, in Alabama's opening uh, opening game last season. So there's instant ability to transfer to another school. I think that there's some stuff on that personally, and I, I'd want to talk to more of a, an expert on how those things work um, from the college football world. I think there needs to be some sort of um, rules put in place where – guys can only transfer so many times or there's, you know, a certain time of the year where they can't go beyond kind of like a trade deadline type of thing. Um, yeah. But it, it is neat to see that. I think it makes it more competitive. Um, it also means that you have to recruit a lot better. And that's the biggest thing in college football is if you don't recruit, not just during the football season, if you don't recruit 12 months out of the year, you are not going to be successful. You're going to get passed by. You're going to have your competition out, 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 out competing you college level starts off with finding guys in high school that fit your mold, that fit your program that would fit into your offense or your defensive style of play. And if you don't take those players, I guarantee you your, your, um, your opponent will. And uh, they end up being better than you because you pass that time up and it never stops in college football. It's always recruit, recruit, recruit. And we've seen that so much the last probably two or three years. Yeah, that's right. You got to keep keep those fillers out there. Go ahead and get some of the talent, and you got to get the right talent that fits your team. And you just got to do what you got to do to make sure that you continue to recruit recruit well, because more to better players will play on your team. Absolutely, no, that's a very very good point there for sure. So I'm excited. Uh, my team. I'm a, a diehard Florida Gator fan. I bleed orange and blue. Uh, we are playing the number seven ranked uh, Utah Utes tomorrow night, as I brought Utah up there before. Uh, Florida not ranked to start the season, so um, expectations are, for the most part, in Florida, I think, fairly low this season. They're kind of in a rebuild. A new head coach, uh, Billy Napier, uh, comes in um, after spending the last uh, four years at uh, Louisiana, and uh, I think he's going to do a great job. I just think this is going to be kind of a rough year uh, when you're going in your first season. You're trying to fix some problems that were there before. Uh, you've got to take a whole year really to assess what is going on, and it's really year two, year three, and four that become the years that are uh, going to be hopefully more successful. And hopefully by the time this new 12-team uh, playoff starts, uh, Florida is right in there. Um, but I, I expect uh, fully this year for another uh, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, um, you know, maybe uh, Notre Dame kind of a playoff type of situation. There might be somebody else in there that I'm not thinking of right now, but for the most part, I see this being another kind of similar year that it has been the last couple of years. 
Oh, yeah, with the big guys, they don't really have much to worry. They're still going to be around. But now you got to worry about the small guy because he might upset you. You know, it's not usually the best team wins. It's the team that plays the best at the time wins. Always got to remember that. Yep, that's exactly right, 100%. 100% for sure. So moving right along, we are really uh, football-oriented here tonight, but we'll kind of get off that subject for a little bit. Uh, more players moving on to uh, from the PGA Tour uh, to live golf, including Cameron Smith and uh, Harold Varner III. Um, did they make the right decision, Alan? What do you think of that? I think they absolutely did make the right decision. I, I definitely, between the two, the person who I was more shocked who made this move was Harold Varner III. And, I, you know, I got a picture with Harold Varner III when early this year when he was with the PGA Tour, and he's a great guy. But we'll take Harold Varner first. He's a person who played really well on tour. He did not win one, two, or third place. He usually fell within 10 to, like, 20th place. So he got a nice check, and up to this point, he's made about – $10 million so far on tour this year. And he's doing really well, but he's not one, two, or three winning. And one of the reasons why I say he was the biggest shock to me was because Harold is actually very good friends with Michael Jordan. And the reason why they're, they're friends is because Harold does wear the Jumpman golf shoes that Michael Jordan makes. So, Michael Jordan also advised him a few months back not to go ahead and take the live golf money, not to jump ship. And after months of, and I thought basically they were friends, he wasn't going to do it. But like Jerry Maguire movie said it best, it's not show friends, it's show business. <laughs> <laughs> that is very you know? true for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> he thought about it for a few months. He, he you know, he said, you know, that he did think about it. It was a tough decision. I've been in this, that position myself in life where I've had some tough decisions that I didn't make it overnight. I had to think about it and doesn't make the decision easier. These are some of the life-changing decisions that you make in life. And he thought about it and his wife basically told him, hey, do what you feel is going to make you happy. You know, not so much everybody else. Do what you feel is going to make the family and everybody happy. And he was honest in his statement. I read his one-page statement. And basically, to make a long story short, he said that the money that they offered him to play live golf was such a financial breakthrough he could not ignore. So he was the most honest out of all the players and saying, yeah, it had a lot to do with the money. But he did make the right decision. You know, as I mentioned before in our show, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, they could turn down $700, $800, a billion dollars because they already have a billion dollars. As I mentioned before, guys on Live Golf, they they don't have the type of resume and they don't have the type of funds and resources. Not that they're broke, but they just don't have the resources that uh, Tiger Woods have where they could turn down a billion dollars. They don't. And guys on tour are you know, they don't win as, as often as Tiger did back in his prime. They might win one, two tournaments a year. They come in, made a top 30 to quite a few. But if you're not winning the tournament one, two, or three, and you're on the PGA Tour, it's a far cry getting $100 million over 
you know, whether it's a five or six year deal because, hey, you know, Harold Varner did actually very good. He wasn't one, two, or three, but he's made about $10 million this year. That's a far cry from $100 million plus is what they reported it is. So I was more surprised with Harold HB3s, what they, his nickname, Harold Varner III. I was more surprised with him. I'm glad I got that picture with him while he was still with the PGA Tour. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that he's with Live Golf. I, I, I don't think there would be an issue me getting a picture or an autograph. He's one of the great guys on tour. With Cameron Smith, I, don't, I wasn't as shocked with him. You know, he has actually, Cameron Smith has been winning quite a bit on tour. He's, he's actually, he's hot now. He's like winning a lot. And I wasn't surprised because there was one interview that he did at his house and he had a Lamborghini. He had a, a nice putting background. It was in the backyard. He had a, you know, nice deck with a boat. So he likes, he likes some of the flash, even though he's a very, I would say humble guy on tour. He doesn't look very unapproaching, but his private life, he likes the flash. And he does seem like a guy that likes to do bets too. So I wasn't as surprised with Cameron Smith. I really wasn't that he took the money. I guess HB3, I was a little bit surprised just because of what Michael Jordan said and what Michael Jordan advised him. But I do think, I did want to make this one more point is that the day after him taking the deal, HB3 did get people who unfollowed him. He had some, you know, negative publicity for the first time in his career. And it didn't seem like he was taking it so well. You know, sometimes when you're not used to getting negative publicity, it kind of rattles you and shakes you when you get it. Hey, I would say this to HB3 if he's listening. You did the right move. You made the right decision for you and your family. You're going to get haters. You're going to get people who are jealous of you. A lot of people who are criticized and said they would, you know, you, if they had the same opportunity, they would have jumped too. And not only that, hey, you know, $100 million is not something that gets offered every day. And this is your opportunity. You may not get the opportunity in the future. You did the right thing. Go ahead and play some great golf. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point there for sure. You may not get that opportunity again. Things like that usually only come one time, so you're absolutely correct about that. Yeah, it's just it's just opportunities like that, $100 million. You know what? A lot of people's criticizing. They would have done the same thing too. You know, it's it, at the end of the day, whether you're playing for Live Golf, which is backed by the Saudis, or you're playing for PGA Tour, you're doing the same function. You're playing a job. You know, you're playing golf. You're not, it's not like you're playing golf one place and you're playing a different sport the other place. You're playing golf. I think, actually, as far as HV3, he might have a better chance of winning maybe one, two, or three now. And the reason why I say that is because the PGA Tour, it's a four-day contest. Mm-hmm. Whereas Live Golf is three days, where a lot of times HV3 struggled was on the fourth day. And I could kind of relate to that a bit, working a four-day work week. The first day, you're like, oh, are you excited? Second day, there's a little bit of a lull. Third day, you're like, oh, I can't believe I got another day to go. And the fourth day, you're like, you can't wait to get out of there. And <laughs> if the week would have been only a three-day work week, you would have actually ended off before that fourth day and probably would have done well. I think that fourth day kind of hurts HB3 a little bit. 
And I think that it's only three days. I think he actually would do a lot better. Yeah, that's a good point there. That workload is, uh, you know, certainly, um, certainly a lot different there when you're playing three versus four, uh, the extra walking, the extra, you know, the heat and the stress you're putting on your body, um, you know, definitely is a lot different. So that's something to look for, something to, to think about. Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, with Cameron Smith, he, he's a baller. I think he's a great golfer. He's the one guy that people will not criticize as far as, well, you couldn't win, you couldn't win on the PGA Tour, so you decided to go to live golf. He's the one guy that won't get that criticism because he's been super hot this year. He's been winning a lot of stuff. And he just won, you know, the St. Andrews, he got the cup. He's been winning a lot. So he's the one guy that people won't make that criticism about. But I I think, you know what, these guys are going after the money. The people who really need to worry is not Cameron Smith and not HV3. It's the PGA Tour. They're the ones who have to worry. Because those are only two out of seven players that just left. And believe it or not, Aaron, the guy that plays fast golf who runs to the next hole he joined out of the seven to go play live golf. <laughs> <laughs> he just broke the Crazy. record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. But if I was a PGA tour, that's who needs to worry more. So the HV three and Cameron Smith. But my question to you, Aaron is what do you think Michael Jordan, what do you think his reaction and his thought was, when HB3, Harold Varner III, did not take his, his advice. I mean, he initially took it. You know, it, well, I wouldn't say he didn't take – he didn't make the decision right away. It took months later. But he clearly heard what Michael Jordan said, what Tiger Woods said. What do you think Tiger and Michael Jordan are thinking now that HB3 did take the money and leave? Uh, I'm not sure what they're thinking. They're probably just, you know – shocked more than anything else but at the same time you know kind of going back to how that decision comes about you can listen to all the advice you want when there's no money on the table when that money comes on the table things change drastically you know you're going from a unrealistic um you know thing that could potentially happen to now it actually is there so it's a little hard to say how i mean look you and i are probably never going to get offered money like that in our lifetimes i think we both would agree with that but that's us saying that same thing that he probably had in his mind, you know, four or five months ago. Now somebody's put that on the table for him, and it's very easy to <laughs> to change your mind very quickly when there's an actual offer there. So um, as far as how Tiger and Michael Jordan feel, I'm sure they understand. I mean, they've both been in that position at some point before. You know, obviously both of them, I think they're both billionaires, uh, billionaires in the sports world, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when you combine their uh, their earnings from – their playing days and also their uh, sponsorships, um, you know, the deals they got yeah. here. So both of those guys at some point along the way, maybe not the exact same thing where they're, you know, jumping ship and going to a whole other league, but they've had those big offers on the table at some point along the way. And it's really hard to say no when a Nike or a EA Sports or a Gatorade or whomever it is comes, uh, comes your way and says, hey, we'd like you to uh, endorse our product and be a face of our, uh, ad campaign for the next 10 years. Here's a hundred million dollars uh, up front. Um, it'd be really hard to turn that down. So, yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic point. I totally agree with you because you know what, to your point, that's what happened to Michael Jordan. 
Michael Jordan got thrown an insane amount of money to sign, you know, with with Nike. And at the time, they were getting a lot of bad publicity for having all these sweatshops overseas, you know. But he still signed with them. They, you know, they were having uh, that controversy about, hey, you know, they're paying people overseas, you know, a quarter a day and sweatshops and no AC, horrible working conditions. And I know Michael Jordan heard this, but he still signed with them. You know, at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's just very hard when you don't have a billion dollars like in your right. Jordan and Michael Jordan, I'm sorry, Jordan and Tiger Woods are verified billionaires. Yeah, yeah. they could turn out a $100 million deal or 200 or even $700 million deal. Because not only do they have, let's say, not a billion dollars in the bank, they have money coming in all the time for their business ventures. You know, Michael Jordan is a part owner, and he has NASCAR. he got other streams of income. So – yeah, it, they call a shot to what they want to get involved with, how much money they're going to ask of it. The guys on tour, 99% of them are not in that position, at least not on a billionaire-type position like they are. You understand what I'm saying? If you offered yeah. Smith or the guys a, you know, a $100,000 job, that's, that's something different. I'm talking about the scale of a billion dollars where you could turn down – 200,000 or three, I'm sorry, 200 million or 300 million dollar deals. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And back to the Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan thing. I mean, you go back to the 80s when Jordan originally signed with Nike. Um, Nike, to my knowledge, was a company at that point that was kind of needing a, a savior, for the lack of a better term. I mean, if it hadn't been for Jordan and his popularity and what his popularity turned into, Nike probably would not be operating the way that it is here today. And to kind of piggyback off that, Michael Jordan retires the second time. I guess he retired three times altogether. He retired the second time, his final time with the Bulls, after the 98 season. And Tiger Woods had just a year or so prior to that, obviously you know, won the Masters at age uh, 21 and become very, very popular. So he kind of helped. Jordan essentially passed the torch to Tiger Woods to keep Nike afloat going forward. Not that they would have gone out of business necessarily, but I think the popularity of what their brand has turned into over the last 40 years or so, it's those two individuals that have probably had the biggest impact um, in the sports world. There's other guys that have been big parts of Nike as well, but I don't think there's any, uh, I don't think there's two people, the actual athletic world that are, are players that had had a bigger impact than those two. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Michael Jordan put Nike on the on the map. Just do it. I mean, it, that was a deal with Nike that it was a win-win. It wasn't a situation where they gave Michael Jordan a bunch of money and he kind of took the money and didn't give back. Like as far as help Nike out and their business to build their brand, because if they gave him a boatload of money, they want to get in return a boatload of money back. It was a win-win on both sides. Both Nike and Michael Jordan made the brand. You know, the you know everybody wants to be like Mike. You know those commercials, the Spike Lee cameo appearances. I mean, it's just 
unbelievable what they both did for each other, Nike as well as Michael Jordan. And that is the key to sponsorship is it's a win-win. And uh, that, you know, it goes back to, you know, we, that's why we appreciate Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce so much because <laughs> that's another <laughs> mention about Chef G's because that's the thing about sponsorship. You help them grow their business and they help you. So it's it's a win-win. Win-win it partnership, works. yeah. Yeah, it's a win-win partnership. When a win-win partnership goes well, there's there's nothing better in life to see that, to see a win-win partnership go well on both sides where everybody's happy, everybody's getting their, their due just. There's nothing better than that. Yeah, no, that's, that's really how it works. And, you know, that's why you go to a – a, a sporting event baseball is probably the most prevalent one just because it's everywhere and you see and i'm not going to name off sponsors here on the show because we're not getting any uh, kickback from it but you see on the <laughs> outfield wall you see you see on the outfield wall you see i mean it's even gotten crazy now where it's even on the back of the mound the pitcher's mound and of course the 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 shot that you always see is you know when the pitch is being thrown it's from behind the pitcher so you're you're getting a, a shot of whatever's behind the backstop, those little signs that change uh, each inning throughout the game. Um, they're even, uh, I believe next year, I think it's the San Diego Padres, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to have a sponsor on their actual uniform itself, which I'm not a big fan of. I think that takes some of the tradition of baseball away. I think that's probably going a little too far. Um, but, I mean, everything is a sponsor of some sort. Um, and then there's the official – I mean, this is the craziest thing ever. You hear some of the ads on the radio, um, and even sometimes if you're watching a local game on uh, on Bally Sports or wh- whoever your local uh, provider is, and they're talking about the official airline of this team or the official hot sauce of this team. So it is crazy how how things have have gone that way. And again, it's partnerships and it's uh, it's revenue uh, revenue generating, which you know I'm all about. So um, you know, it's definitely a good thing there. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's and you know it's it's a great partnership. You don't want to kind of be overbearing as far as that's why you have to have great ads because that's where people are more palatable to watch your advertisement. You know, when you have something that's very marketable and not only that, it comes across really well. People don't mind it; they enjoy it. So you don't want to just shove ads in front of people's faces all day long. And they don't have any meeting or, or nothing behind it. As long as it's done effectively and great, I have nothing, nothing against it at all. I think, you know, you these athletes, teams, they need sponsors. You know, that's that's what that's what makes the world go round. You know, sponsors. Yeah. You need, no. And, and at the and end, they need help. Yeah, and in all honesty, I mean, we are in the United States. It's a capitalist society, so this is capitalism, capitalism at its finest, in my opinion. You, you see an opportunity um, to help yourself but also help others and, you know, put that ad out there. So, again, it's that partnership we talked about before, and that's really what's great about it is it, it is a win-win all the way around. And you get your product out there. You find out that it's something that people are interested in, and, you know, back in the – uh, mid eighties or so, you know, Nike, Nike saw an opportunity with a young kid named Michael Jordan, who, you know, for all intents and purposes could fly. I mean, they named him air Jordan. Now here we are 40 years later 
the guy hasn't played basketball in the NBA in nearly 20 years, and the most popular shoe ever are the Air Jordans. And you have to go back 20 years before that to 1984 or 5 or 6 um, when both of us were very young, and that's when it all started. So it's somebody who saw an idea and thought, man, I could really, I could really make a lot of money off this, but I could also help a lot of people at the same time. So it's, it's neat how that has come full circle, and I, I would expect those shoes will probably still be popular for another 20 years at least. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't see why not. They've been doing this strong this long. And, you know, kudos to Michael Jordan and kudos to his parents. You know, for those who don't know the story, I'll tell you real quick. Michael Jordan didn't even want to go to Nike when they had a a deal that they were going to present to him. He didn't want to even want to hear the opportunity. And he knew it was going to be a contract because he was set on going with Reebok. But his parents said, hey, you know, I know your heart might be with Reebok, but at least hear what they have to say. And that's a, that's the point that I want to make sure that people understand is that listen to the opportunities that are presented to you. It doesn't mean you're going to take them, but don't just blow them off before you even hear what the other party has to say. His parents told him you should go. I'll give Michael Jordan credit. He at least conceded to his parents, and he went. Lo and behold, the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's that's an interesting uh, backstory there to, uh, to how all that works out. And, you know, I think a lot of the younger generation doesn't realize that now because, you know, kids who are, you know, 20, 25, you know, who didn't get to see Jordan play first and foremost at his best days like you and I did, um, they don't have that respect for it like like you and I do. So um, some, uh, some boxing news. Uh, go ahead and go into that here yeah. for us tonight. Yes, and, and definitely I want to give some uh, shout-out to our former guest, Keith Thurman. And I did want to talk about this subject. It, it is kind of tough because it is is a subject that I think we really need to discuss. And, you know, Keith Thurman, we were just talking about opportunities. Keith Thurman has had Danny Garcia call him out for a fight, you know, and he had – he has Ennis, Boots Ennis call him out for a fight, and Ugas has some interest in fighting him. These are three very, very good fighters and a fight that I think Keith Thurman should seriously consider taking at least one, if not two of the three guys on because, hey, I know Keith Thurman's heart. He wants to fight Errol Spence. When I interviewed Keith about over a year ago now, Keith I had the desire to fight Errol then, and I told Keith during an interview, hey, Errol does not want to – he doesn't have any interest in fighting you. Sometimes you might have your heart set on taking the prom queen, the number one prom queen with you to prom, the number one baddest girl in school to prom. But if the number one baddest girl in school doesn't want to go with you, you might have to consider going with number two or three rather than going to the prom by yourself. You understand? Don't pass on an opportunity or opportunities because your heart is in a place of fighting one fighter. And I understand you want to fight guys who have belts. Well, there's only two guys that have belts. Errol Spence is one and Crawford is the other. I, yes, I think you have a, maybe a, I think what you fighting Errol Keith, I think it's about a 5% chance at this point. If you fight Crawford, I think maybe you have a 10% chance. 
right now those two guys are really negotiating and fight each other. I don't see how either one of them would turn around and and fight you, Keith. I think they might fight someone else. But in order for you to get to the opportunity of fighting those two guys, I think you should take the opportunity of fighting any one of those three gentlemen, Ugas, Danny Garcia, or, or Boots Ennis. Boots Ennis is actually the guy that most of the boxing fans want to see you fight because he's a young, up-and-coming fighter who's very, very skilled. I think if you beat one or two of these guys out of that three, now you're going to force your their hand to, to fight you. Even if you beat one or two of them, they don't have belts, but you're still going to get a nice payday. You're going to be active, and now you're going to put yourself in a position where you may get a fight with one of those two top guys. In order for you to get a fight with one of those two top guys, Errol or Crawford, you're going to have to force their hand. And the way that you're going to force their hand is by staying active and fighting other people in the, in the meantime. You can't hold your eggs in one basket waiting to fight one of those guys because when we interviewed, I said it, you know, and as nice as I could, Errol has no, has no interest in fighting you. I think right now he has even less of an interest in fighting you than he did back then because at least back then I think you were still – coming off a loss and you still was very very relevant in the game at this point you fought Barrios one time in the last two years so you I really do think that Keith Thurman should open his eyes to the opportunities and stop looking at other places where the opportunity is right at your feet these guys have shown interest and not only that I watched Danny Garcia's fight. He clearly said he wants to fight you in a rematch because you beat him before. And you beating Danny Garcia a second time is actually a big deal. I think you're undercutting the opportunity looking, you know, a bird in a hand is better than one in a bush, they say. You got yep. three birds in your hand. Take advantage of the opportunities that are at your feet. I mean, what are your thoughts on what I said there, Aaron? I don't think you could have said it, or I, I don't think I could have said it any better. I think that's exactly dead on. Um, you know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, we all want to go with the number one person. And, yes, there might be, hey, I want to go with her. I want to go with her. You may have to get off of that and go with someone else because, again, you're going to go to the prom by yourself, and that's what you're doing. You're going to go to the prom by yourself. You're basically talking yourself out of opportunities, and you want to fight this one guy, and all these other guys are waiting for you, and they're not going to wait forever. Life is about taking advantage of opportunities when they're presented to you. That's what HV3 Harold Varner did, and he got $100 million plus, and so did Cameron Smith. They took advantage of the opportunity that was presented to them. They didn't say, okay, I'll get back to you in a year. I'll get back to you in six months. And guess what? The, the offer may not be on the table, or it might be less. Even when we talk about Lamar Jackson, because the Ravens have wasted time, they're going to have to pay him more money now. Don't be the guy looking for the date at the prom and going by yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Watch the movie. She's, um, she's all that. But by Freddie Prince. Yeah. Sorry, Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Best Jr., yep. Guy. 
Great, best great flick, guy in too. <laughs> great flick. She's all that. Keith Thurman or Keith Thurman fans, if you're watch, if you're listening, watch that movie. She's all that because that's exactly what that happened. The best looking guy, not to spoil the movie. It is, it's it's a lot more that goes on to it. But the best looking guy in high school, the biggest jock, and the highest average too. One of the highest, the top three. I remember he said the top three average GPA did not end up going to the prom with number one girl. So. Keith, I love you, bro. I appreciate you coming on the show, but I did have to speak on this. Fight either Ugas, Danny Garcia, and his boots. Fight one of them, or at least two of the three. You beat them, things are going to change for you. Believe me in you. But if you sit around waiting for that opportunity to fight one guy, and I'm telling you, it would be a hard sell. Even if I was in front of Errol, it would be a hard sell for me and I'm a lifelong salesperson for me to convince him to fight you at this point. It would be a tough sell for me. <laughs> well, I'll say this, too, knowing Alan as well as I do. If it's a tough sell for you, then it's probably a no-go because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. there was a point in time uh, not that far back where you could basically sell anything. So if you couldn't sell that, then that would be <laughs> that would be a really bad situation uh, for sure yeah. there. So. Um, last thing I see here tonight that we uh, wanted to discuss, or and it's going to be your prediction here, is the Ruiz-Ortiz fight coming up this weekend. Yeah, that is actually a very good fight. It actually is it's going to be very entertaining. I'm excited to watch. I, I, I got Ortiz winning this fight. I just think he's hungry. He wants that big fight. He's edging his way big back into the sport. And he's doing it quietly, but he's doing it in a way where he's he's fighting really well. And I think Ortiz is going to win a very close fight against Ruiz. I think it's going to be a knockout. I think he's going to catch Ruiz. And he's going to catch him with a big hard shot and then put him down. And then he's, he, he, things are going to take off for Ortiz at that point. But this is the point. You know, Ortiz was a guy that's kind of like in the flaps. Now he's fighting a, a very good contender. He wins his fight. He might get a chance to fight a Deontay Wilder or somebody really up there. So I have Ortiz win his fight by a knockout. I couldn't tell you which round it's going to happen in. I don't think it's going to go past seven rounds. I, I think Ortiz is going to win. And I know Ruiz is in great shape, but I just think Ortiz is going to catch him. He's just says, King Kong is going to catch him with a big shot. That's his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to catch him with a big shot. But he's actually a very, very good boxer, and he trains down in Miami. Those guys in Miami know how to train and know how to box. So I got Ortiz winning a very good fight. I really like Ruiz, too, but I, I got Ortiz winning tomorrow's fight. I'm going to be watching it. I hope you guys are, too. And it's going to be a great boxing boxing weekend. Well, great stuff here tonight. Uh, we talked a lot about football, obviously uh, golf, boxing, um, really didn't talk much baseball tonight. We needed a little night off from that. Uh, oh. We're into the pennant race. So next week, as we give our NFL picks and talk about this first week of the college football season, we'll go back into some uh, more uh, more stuff on the baseball side of things as we're heading into the last uh, three and a half, four weeks or so of the season. I want to give a shout-out here tonight, too, um, really to you, Alan. You did a great job the other day um, letting the uh, Alan and Aaron Sports Talk uh, listeners know 
that it was my 41st birthday. Uh, so I really appreciate that, and I appreciate all the Welcome. all the love and support that I got this week. Um, put my uh, my mug up there, and I uh, <laughs> got got a lot of uh, got a lot of love for it. So I, I appreciate that, and all those people who uh, said happy birthday. I did my absolute best to try to like every comment and uh, reply as many times as I could. Um, sometimes when you're scrolling through, especially on a phone to try and figure out where some of those comments have gone, they disappear on you. So I did my best. So hopefully I didn't leave anybody out, but I definitely, uh, felt the love. I really appreciate everybody for, uh, chiming in and saying happy birthday. Uh, 41 is going to be a great year. Um, definitely looking forward to what's going to happen in the sports world, of course, over this next year. And, uh, definitely appreciate everybody, um, you know, chiming in. So really, really thank you, Alan, for doing that. And, um, here's to, uh, Here's the 41 more. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's right. You're very welcome. Well deserving. And hey, you know you got a a lot of love, man. I I you know I <laughs> I, I was didn't expect, but I'm glad that it was overwhelming and it was it was really cool to see. Thank you guys for for wishing. Aaron, a uh, happy birthday. It was really, really cool for you guys to come out and come out strong like you did. I really appreciate it, too. Perfect. Well, definitely uh, definitely uh, made my day, for sure. I mean, I wasn't expecting it. So <laughs> um, when, you, when you get to be like uh, Alan and I uh, are in your 40s, uh, he's got a couple on me. But when you get to this point, yeah. uh, you kind of treat it as another day. You're kind of like, oh, I don't really like that number in, in front of my name. So um but it, it, it's fun when you have people who are are supporting you and cheering you on so um but i also want to thank here tonight uh you know the uh great sponsor i think this is our fifth time mentioning them here tonight we love them a lot and <laughs> yeah. that is uh chef g chef g's barbecue sauce so delicious and addicting you may need a support group um the great thing about the support group is football season has started so i would definitely order two two of the four packs guys you're going to need it for the next several months with the football season going on if you're like me and my family or Alan, we love to grill out, and it is something you can put on pretty much anything you put on the grill. Um, I mean, you could even drink it straight from the bottle, for that matter. I wouldn't recommend to do that, but <laughs> it's great stuff. <laughs> uh, can never go wrong with it. So definitely check out Chef G's Barbecue Sauce. Um, he's been our great sponsor here since uh, earlier this year, and we definitely love having him as a part of our program. So I want to thank, uh, thank him. Thank Alan for a great show tonight, and thank all our great listeners and supporters. Uh, this show has uh, has grown immensely over the last two and a half years, and we wouldn't be here without you. If we didn't didn't have um, our great listeners and supporters, we wouldn't have a need for a show. So thank you for that. Uh, we'll be back again next week. It'll be another great week. We'll have our NFL picks. Uh, until then, though, everybody have a great week and have a safe Labor Day weekend. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Evan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. <laughs> Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you. <laughs>